scripture to many of us, Hebrews chapter 11, Hebrews chapter 11, starting in verse 24. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. We'll take verse 24 as our key scripture, verse 24. By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. And I want to preach on the title of a message, what faith accepts and rejects. What faith accepts and rejects. Pastor, would you please pray for me? Amen. You may be seated. Pastor Davis, who is the founder of our church organization, without Pastor Davis, this church would less than likely, probably not, be our church. But Pastor Davis was our teacher when I was in Bible college, our, 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 one of our teachers for the, on, on Monday nights when we would go to class. And something that Pastor would say often is, we are the sum total of our decisions up to this point. Moses lived most of his life before the Ten Commandments or the law was ever given. But Moses is our example of someone who, besides Jesus Christ, had made decisions that would affect him and making the right decisions that would affect his eternal destination. Moses made those decisions that would be right not only for himself, but for his people. Moses made those decisions that in the sight of the world would seem like he was making a mistake. But in the sight of God, he was doing the best thing that was for him and for everyone else. He would reject the world and accept God, God's plan, and what God wanted for his life. And so we want to talk about four things, four things that faith accepts or that faith rejects. Faith rejects the prestige of the world, the pressure of the world, the plenty of the world, and the pressure of this world. Faith rejects prestige. Did you know that pandas can dunk? Pandas dunk. There is a shoe. Now imagine a panda with a a basketball, just like Michael Jordan with some with his tongue sticking out going towards the going towards the hoop. Nike has a shoe called the Panda Dunk. The people call it. It's a black and white shoe, low retro shoe. And it was a collector's item in the beginning. But Nike decided after they dropped it that they would put it out ten more times to restock it. And so when the collectors were trying to get it, when they first got it, there was a lot of prestige behind the shoe. Why? Because they were the only ones that had it. But then they started seeing it on Instagram, on Facebook, here and there. They were walking down the street, and they saw somebody else with it. And it was no longer a collector's item. 
No longer was it prestigious to be the only kid on the block to have the panda dunk. And definitely not when you are trying to be cool and your five-year-old cousin has the same shoes. It wasn't cool anymore. The prestige of the world, however, is something that we have to reject. Faith rejects the prestige of the world. We know a lot about Moses by reading in the Word of God, and we've heard what Moses had done. One thing that Moses did not do for himself was Moses grew up in Pharaoh's household. I don't want to go over the whole story, but Moses, being a Hebrew, he was, he was put into an ark. His mother, his mother put him into an ark and sent him up the Nile River, and there he ended up there at, at, in the presence of Pharaoh's daughter, and he grew up in Pharaoh's household. He was trained in the ways of the Egyptians, trained to lead the army, trained to be the next Pharaoh. And so Moses, at 40 years old, had a decision to make. Either he would be a full-fledged Egyptian, and he would be maybe the next Pharaoh, or he would become one of God's people. He would be with God's people and be with those Hebrews that were his, that were slaves. And so he decided at 40 years old that he would reject what the world had to offer him. And he would go out and be among God's people. He had a mission upon his life that he would go and do what God wanted him to do. And that's exactly the same thing that God has called you to do today. To accept what God wants and to reject and, reject and throw away what the devil wants for you. The devil wants for you to be in sin. He wants for you to be lost. God wants for you to be saved and to follow after him, to follow God's plan for your life. So we all have decisions to make. He renounced all of the things of this world. He could have had it all, all of the wealth, all of the prestige, all of the honor, but he turned away from it all. He was obedient to God, and because he was obedient to God, we now talk about him. People want to be great, but what is it that makes us great? What is it that makes us great in the eyes of God? It's doing God's will and being what God wants us to be. Jesus had a lot to say about that, about one man who had proclaimed that he was coming, John the Baptist. He talked about John the Baptist. He said that John the Baptist is greater than any other, any other prophet that had ever been. Why? Because John was obedient to God, because John was filled with the Spirit of God, and because John went out there telling men and women that Jesus was coming, about how they needed to get their life right and let it be known. Jesus is coming. You need to get your life right and give your heart to God. Jesus said he's greater than anybody else. And so if you want to be great in the sight of God, give your life to God. Get filled with the Holy Ghost and go tell men and women Jesus is coming. Faith rejects the world's pleasure. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 25. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Sin can be fun. There's no denying that. But it only lasts for a little while. The pleasure 
what you feel and, and what's happening when you're going through that high of what, whatever you are going through and whatever you're experiencing. But it only lasts for a little while. Eventually, we may meet the porcelain throne, having to throw it all up. Eventually, we have to come to grips with reality of who we are and the situation that we are in. Sin and the pleasures of sin only last for a little while. Sin is always evil. Sin is always deceiving. And so Moses knew that God was calling him to a greater life, to higher heights. Moses knew that God had put that call upon his life. And Moses out there in the backside of the desert, as he was out there tending to those sheep, he saw a bush that was not being consumed even though it was burning. He said, I've got to turn and I've got to take a look at this. I've got to go out there and see what this is. And as he turned, that's when another chapter had opened up in his life. As he turned away from the things of the world, God had began to speak to him. Moses, Moses, take your shoes off your feet for the place on which you stand is holy ground. I've seen the affliction of my people and I'm sending you down there to Egypt to go down there and represent me. I'm going to set them free. God has called you to turn away from these things of this world and to go out and reach somebody for Jesus. Today could be a new chapter in your life. Today could be the day that you look back and say, that was the day that I gave my life to God. Or that was the day I got filled with the Holy Ghost. You cannot forget that day. I remember the day I was filled with the Holy Ghost. We were downstairs, and some of the ladies were talking about when they got filled with the Holy Spirit. Oh, what a great day that was. I don't want to forget the day that God filled me with the Holy Ghost, that I had that experience of, of when I was sitting in that church service, and I don't even know what was being preached. But as the preacher began preaching, God began to deal with my heart. That's why we need to come to church. That's why we need to be in the presence of God. That's why we need to pray, because we need God to do something in our life that no man or woman can do. We need God to do something within us that only rejecting the world and accepting God's plan can can do for our lives. So we need to come to God. Faith rejects the world's plenty. Hebrews eleven twenty six. 26. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasure in Egypt. For we have respect unto the recompense of the reward. Maybe, if you think about it. Maybe Moses was tempted to stay in the palace. But God was calling him, and he was thinking about going out there, and maybe he would be watching over as he saw the Hebrews building those pyramids. And maybe he thought, I could just stay in the palace. It would be so much easier. And you may be tempted to stay in that pew during altar call. You may be tempted to, as you leave this service to go back out to the world and to grab whatever it is out there. And we may think that Moses might have been tempted to stay. But thank God Moses did not stay. 
Thank God he did not hold on to the world. He esteemed the reproach of Christ greater. He didn't, one translator said it this way. He considered the contempt and the abuse and the shame. And he looked forward to Christ. He looked forward to Jesus Christ coming, the Messiah of the world. He looked forward to someone greater coming to this world that would not only be able to set us free physically, but be able to set us free spiritually. He looked to that. He saw what there could be. And he said, I'm going after what God has for me. I'm going what God can do. Going with that to set these people free. God, I I want to do what you want and not what I want. And he valued what the Messiah had greater than what Pharaoh had for him. And he valued those things in the sight of the world. It may be great to be CEO, but I'd rather be a Christian on my way to heaven. In the sight of the world, it may be great to be president, but I'd rather be a preacher and what God called me to be. I'd rather be telling men and women about Jesus than to have all those troubles of the world <laughs> on my shoulders. And they're looking at you all the time, and you say something wrong, well, half the world's mad at you, and half the world's happy at you. Good luck. If you want to be president, good luck. You can have it. Faith rejects the world's pressure. Faith rejects the world's pressure. There's pressure in the world to look a certain way to be a certain way, to act a certain way. Well, I've had so many women, or I've got so much money. There's a, a certain pressure, there's social pressure. We see it on the internet, we see it on social media. There's pressure in the world. They apply that pressure to be like everybody else, not to stand out. I mean, to stand out and be something, but besides that, to be like everybody else. There's that pressure. What did Moses do with the pressure? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 27. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. For he endured as seeing him who is invisible. So Moses left Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. He wasn't afraid of the king with the lowercase k. He wanted to honor the king with the capital K. He wanted to honor his soon coming king. He wanted to honor him who had called him and wanted him to go out there and to rescue. He wanted to honor him. That was what his desire was. Not feeling that pressure from the world. He turned his back on Egypt and said, I want to have God's call on my life. He turned his back on it all. He renounced everything that he was. It was said that Moses' name was on some of those pyramids. But after Moses left, they took his name down. They took his name off of everything, and he came back looking like he was poor, looking like that Hebrew slave. But inside, the king had called him. Inside, he was the messenger of the king. Inside, he had God's call upon his life. What call are you answering tonight? What call do you have upon your life that God is calling you? Are you going to answer the call to come down and pray? Are you going to answer the call to be a soul winner? Pastor Devonshire ordered these little square cards for us to be able to take out and, and go out there and to give to somebody. One of them says, this could change your life. Just a simple card 
a simple invitation could change somebody's life. That's what God did for me. I was challenged to be saved. God changed my life through that challenge. It could be that challenge that somebody to tell somebody, hey, sit with me this Sunday. It could be that just that simple card to invite somebody and to let them know that this could be the sign that you have been waiting for. It could be that one thing that you take out there and you go, you tell somebody about the church and what God can do for their life. We were out there today, went out there to Lowe's, just trying to return something that we didn't need. And as we were going out there, just made sure I got those two cards out. And my wife was inviting out somebody, and usually we get charity involved in the mix, too. And she goes out there to invite, and there was a security guard who was over there. My wife said she was afraid. Guess he was out there with his mask on and with his vest on and everything, looking a little bit too official. <laughs> so charity was afraid to give the card. And so I gave the card to him. He said, oh, yeah, I know exactly where this church is. And he sounded interested. And so don't be afraid of the pressure that the devil puts on you not to hand out those cards. Don't be afraid of that pressure just to be looking silly. Go out there and invite anyway. Go tell somebody anyway. Pray anyway. Read your Bible anyway. No matter what people say, live for God anyway. Because it could change somebody's life. Faith accepts what God has for it. I'm about to close here to come to the instruments. Just last Friday, a 72-year-old janitor was, was trapped in an inmate's cell. It had an automatic door, so she was in the cell cleaning out the cell. Her cart and her cell phone and her key card were outside of the cell. Something happened and she tripped the door and it closed on her. She was in a, the, the prison uh, uh, jailhouse upstairs on the 23rd floor, and no one ever comes up to that floor until Monday. She knew that. And so as she was in that cell, she was trapped. She had no food, no access to the cell phone, and so she had to sit in that cell and wait for someone to come. And on top of that, she had diabetes, and she could not get to her insulin. And so what did she do? She began to pray. She began to pray, and she said that it was my faith in God that got me through that. She prayed, and she said, Jesus, I know you're in here with me in this cell. I know you're going to keep me. I know you're going to keep your hand upon me. I know you're going to be with me. And so as she spent that three days in there, she prayed, and she said she felt the presence of God was there with her. And finally on Monday, somebody came and let her out. If you feel like you've been pressured by the world not to believe God, I'm telling you, Jesus is here in this service tonight. Jesus wants to set you free. He wants to release you from the bondage of Satan. He wants to save your soul. God can do it if you accept God's plan of salvation. If you accept what God has for you. And if you accept Holy Ghost in filling, God can change your life. Let's pray and let's come down to the altar tonight. Let's accept what God has for us.